Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. AEW successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for february 21st 2022 i am your host jd from new york and this is the ots venue thank you guys for joining me on your monday nights wherever you may be Monday Night Raw, man, the uh, same old, same old, the usual. Nothing really different, even coming out of the Elimination Chamber, the aftermath of the Elimination Chamber, which was poorly received, as usual, to WWE show. It's always poorly received. We go into Monday Night Raw, and the biggest thing, obviously, is the condition of Bobby Lashley out four months He will be missing WrestleMania. It is not a worked injury. WWE does not have plans for Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. 
It is a legit injury. And we will be talking about that today right at the top because Lesnar and Roman Reigns began their six-week final push into WrestleMania, WWE Championship versus the Universal Championship at WrestleMania in the main event of night two. This show didn't really get anybody excited coming out of the Elimination Chamber with the final push to WrestleMania six weeks to go. WWE did not really get anybody excited about any one thing in particular. In fact, if you look at the WrestleMania card, as far as the projected card is concerned, there really isn't much to be excited about at all. There isn't. And I know a lot of people, there were a couple of fucking complete imbeciles on Twitter. Oh, it's a little over the top. It's a, it's a little too much. I don't really think that, that that's the case. I usually say every single year, and if you guys are OGs of the channel, you guys know I say this every year, WrestleMania is the worst show of the entire year. They legitimately put no effort into anything that happens at WrestleMania. It's usually a bunch of fluff to sell tickets and build hype, and it usually falls flat on its face. They give you a little bit of everything at WrestleMania. Big star power, movie stars, part-timers. Then they give you that one token pro wrestling match that wets the work rate guys a little bit. But that's about it. There really isn't anything as far as excitement on WrestleMania. It's all the same shit. The shows leading up to WrestleMania don't get you excited. This show, six weeks to go, didn't really do much of anything to get me any more excited for WrestleMania. The one thing that came out of this show tonight, you got your Lesnar range, you got your Becky Lynch cringe with Bianca Belair. It's another hot-button topic in the community. People don't like my, uh, my opinion on Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I I don't really see how Bianca Belair is any different now going into WrestleMania than when she went into Mania last year against Sasha Banks. I figured one year removed, right? One year removed that she'd be a little bit better, but she's not. She's still middle of the road, Bianca Belair. Now she's working with somebody that is far less superior, inferior to Sasha Banks. So, I mean, I don't really understand how this is doing anything for Bianca Belair. Really, they main evented last year. Bianca and Becky are not main eventing this year. So I I fail to uh, come to a conclusion here on on how she's better now than she was then. And what happens when she wins? The Raw Women's Championship. Do you got plans there? What's the plans for Bianca and Be- Belair after WrestleMania? What, a feud with Dodrop? Another six matches with Dodrop? Maybe maybe a feud with Liv Morgan? Give me a break. What, returning Lacey Evans? Oh, man, that's going to set the world on fire. You fucking ghouls. Fuck out of here, man. Shit sucks. Long-term booking, my fucking pee-hole. Long-term booking. Think WWE had their vision of this match coming out of SummerSlam? All they did was rush to get Becky Lynch the championship because she's the biggest star in the women's division. They had no fucking plans going into SummerSlam to do this same match again at WrestleMania, man. Do you take me for a fool? Give me a break. You know who's writing this show? 
Bruce Pritchard can't even fucking come up with a goddamn grocery list he needs for the fuck. Or maybe he can. He's a fat slob. He can't come up with anything on a week-to-week basis, man, that doesn't just fucking reek of desperation. Ah, let's do this. And hot shot this and hot shot that and make this fucking illogical. Come on. Give me a break. The one thing on this show tonight that generated any interest was Edge, Adam Copeland, coming back to WWE again. First time since he beats the Miz and Maurice with his wife, Beth Phoenix, at the Royal Rumble. Everybody's lobbying for an Edge, AJ Styles, one-on-one match at WrestleMania. I know I've been pushing it. I've been pushing it for the last several weeks. It just makes sense. AJ wants it. He's discussed it publicly. Edge wants it. He's discussed it publicly. Is it going to happen? We don't know. We don't know. There's a lot of moving parts that WWE doesn't really know what to do with going into WrestleMania. Edge, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, they're all a part of this big Riddle me this problem for WWE. What are we doing with all of these top names on Monday Night Raw? I don't even think WWE knows what they're doing. But we are going to talk about what Edge said tonight and what I thought was a great promo. Edge against who at WrestleMania? It may end up being the most intriguing thing all WrestleMania season because they're leaving it open and it sounds like it's going to be an Edge Open challenge for WrestleMania 38 in Dallas, Texas. So we're going to go over the entire show tonight like we usually do. I appreciate you guys joining me on your Monday nights. If you are awake, I know it's uh, sleepy time when Monday Night Raw hits the air. But I'm glad you guys have made me your number one destination for Monday Night Raw this evening, man. I can't wait till tomorrow. We got Destiny 2, the Witch Queen expansion. I haven't been this excited for a game in a very, very long time, man. I love Destiny. I love the open world, first person, looter shooter RPG. I love it, man. It takes a lot of what my favorite genres are and it molds them into one big game. Can't wait. That's coming out. So I may be live on my second channel streaming the legendary campaign with me and my guys, so uh, I'll let you guys know about that as soon as we get in, because it's going to be a big, big hassle getting into the servers tomorrow afternoon, but I'm very excited about that. If you missed anything on the channel, everything you need is on the homepage. Go and check it out. Podcasts for Off the Scripts. We got live streams. You name it, man. And we got another great week of content coming up. Live streams per usual. We got podcasts tomorrow, I believe, if I have enough time. We're going to have another JD Reads Reddit hateful comments this weekend. One of you guys have brought to my attention that a lot of people don't like my stance on Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. We'll go over exactly how stupid Reddit and the fucking geeks are on Reddit really are this weekend, man. So look forward to that. And a lot, lot more. So go check all that stuff out if you missed anything from the prior week. Follow me on Twitter. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. 
Turn on the bell for all notifications. We just hit 131,000 subscribers. Thank you guys very much for all the support. You need to hit that thumbs up. It's 22 people, 2,200 people in the chat. I need at least 1,000 minimum. You guys know the deal, man. I hate repeating myself. It's 2,200 people in the venue. I need 1,000 likes minimum. So if you guys have not hit the thumbs up, Go and hit that thumbs up right now. Get those super chats in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. As always, make sure you guys hit that join button. Become a channel member. Become a VIP. You got the emotes. You get the badges. First round of drinks is on me. You get to walk around this fine establishment and party it up every single week, man. So thank you, guys very much all my vips thank you very much so hit that join button and tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at blue chew bluechew.com code jd at checkout for your free sample bluechew.com always a great friend and a great sponsor of the show right here on off the scripts let's start at the top man monday night raw Brock Lesnar came out of the Elimination Chamber. He won the WWE Championship. Everybody was wondering what is going on with Bobby Lashley and the WWE Championship. Is it a work? Is it something that WWE is really hyping up as twists and turns? Nobody knew exactly what was going on until after the Chamber match was over. And then the report came in that Bobby Lashley had a hurt shoulder. He will be out at least four months. The concussion protocol story about Bobby Lashley that was sent out after the Elimination Chamber is a cover for a real injury to the former WWE champion. Former WWE writer Kazim Famwide, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, reported on the Ringer Wrestling Show. No idea what it is, but he's a former WWE writer. That Lashley will undergo shoulder surgery and he will be out at least four months, which means that he will not be a part of WrestleMania 38. Now, if you guys watched the Royal Rumble and Lashley's match with Brock Lesnar at the Rumble, you would have noticed that Lashley was doing his best not to land on his shoulder when Lesnar was German suplexing him. So Kazim said this, and I quote, I have under good authority that Lashley is shoot hurt and has been hurt since the Rumble match. If you noticed, he hasn't worked any Raws. He hasn't really defended his title. He was shoot hurt at the Royal Rumble in the Lesnar match. From what I'm told, it's for at least four months, shoulder surgery. I'm hearing that he might not even make WrestleMania, end quote. As far as what this means for MVP, he's been working out to get in shape, so it's possible that he himself will be making an in-ring return to WWE on Raw, which I don't really want to see. Nobody cares to see MVP in the ring. I think it's a waste of fucking time. That, 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 that's something that is completely unnecessary. Seriously. He should go find somebody else and build a faction of guys like Paul Heyman has the bloodline MVP can have the same thing on Monday Night Raw. He did have the Hurt Business, but WWE clearly only wanted one member of the Hurt Business to do things, and the other two guys, well, I mean, the only thing that they're doing is folding napkins and placing the silverware down in catering. 
Mr. Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin, who, by my viewpoint, are lucky to even still have fucking jobs with this place. If you guys watched the Royal Rumble, there was that first German suplex. Lashley landed on his neck and folded up like a fucking sack of potatoes, man. If you guys watched that Royal Rumble match back, I believe it might have been that suplex. And he, Lesnar, continued to give Lashley those German suplexes. I don't, I don't recall how many that were delivered in that match. It might have been three or four, but it, it was definitely on that first one from my vantage point. So Lashley's going to be out. And I genuinely feel bad for Bobby Lashley. I do. This entire road to WrestleMania has been a fucking curse. It really has. And it was at the Royal Rumble where the WrestleMania logo was set on fire. It wasn't set ablaze like I wish it was. But it was slightly set on fire during the Becky Lynch and Doe Drop Royal Women's Championship match. Something was set off in WWE, man. This entire season is cursed. The WWE Championship is fucking cursed. Well, the championship scene in WWE in general is cursed. First, Roman had COVID. Couldn't do the day one match with Lesnar. That fucked up plans. They had to give the title to Lesnar at day one in that fatal five-way. He buried Big E and everybody else in that match did Lesnar. Lesnar goes to the Royal Rumble to lose it to Bobby Lashley so that they can continue the storyline with Roman Reigns and have Paul Heyman turn on Lesnar. Lashley gets injured at the Royal Rumble only to go to the Elimination Chamber and fly 18 hours to Saudi Arabia to stand in a fucking pod and be taken out by a powerbomb with Austin Theory going through the pod, crashing down upon him, and now it's a worked injury that is legitimately a shoot. WWE knew that Lashley was not going to be able to compete at the Elimination Chamber, but still kept the WWE Championship on him. Was this the right decision? I don't know what else WWE could have done, to be quite honest with you. Lesnar was going to be the champion anyway. Whether Lashley was hurt or not, it doesn't matter. Lashley probably got lucky because he definitely would have been the one eating the pin in that match. So he walked away losing the championship and walked away not having to lose it to Brock Lesnar. So he still has that 1-0 record against Brock Lesnar. I don't know what else WWE could have done. They couldn't take the title of Bobby Lashley knowing that he was hurt only to put the title on the line in the Elimination Chamber. It wouldn't have made any sense. It wouldn't have made any sense. What difference does it make? They could have put somebody else in there to replace Bobby Lashley, but what good would it have done? It would have been the same results. It doesn't matter who was in Lashley's spot. AJ Styles got buried. Rollins got buried. Riddle got buried. You buried three of your top WWE guys. On Raw, in the main event scene, they all looked like fucking geeks. He eliminated three top guys in about 60 seconds. What difference does it make if WWE took the title off Lashley and put somebody else in there to replace Bobby Lashley? It would have been the same result. Lesnar was always scheduled to win that match. As soon as he dropped... The WWE title to Lashley at the Royal Rumble. And they came out the very next Monday on Raw and put Lesnar in that chamber, signed, sealed, and delivered. Lesnar was not walking into Saudi Arabia with anything but a W. 
He was already planned to win that match as soon as he got to the fucking country. As soon as that Monday Night Raw, it was already planned. So what difference does it make? WWE, in my eyes, and I'm going to credit them here, probably did the best thing that they could have done in this situation. It does a lot of good that they did the Bobby Lashley situation the way that they did it. Because not only does it save Bobby Lashley from looking weak, he got taken out. They actually did something creatively okay and took him out of that match. He remained strong. He didn't lose the championship to anybody. He wasn't pinned. He didn't have to fucking eat an L like everybody else did in that match against Lesnar. And it still keeps the Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar match open if they want to do it at SummerSlam or they want to do it sometime in the next 12 months. Maybe next year at WrestleMania. I don't know what you guys are thinking about it, but in my eyes, it looks like and it sounds like WWE probably went about it in the right way. And give kudos to Bobby Lashley, too. How difficult was it for him to know that he was hurt? And WWE downplayed this and didn't let anybody know he was hurt. I guess they did that to kind of keep it low-key on the predictability issue. But I think we all knew that Lesnar was going to win anyway. But kudos to Bobby Lashley, too. He flew 18 hours to Saudi Arabia, knowing he was hurt, knowing that he was never going to step foot in that ring. And he got taken out because he was legit hurt. And he did that to save the match and make it come off as a decent little storyline at the Elimination Chamber. So kudos to Bobby Lashley, too. I actually feel kind of bad for him. I I really feel kind of bad for him. He dropped the title to Lesnar. Lesnar's going to drop it to Roman. Roman's going to be both Universal and WWE Champion by the time WrestleMania is over. You're going to get Dwayne and and Roman, the Rock and Roman, there with the one-year build for WrestleMania. That is my prediction. But Bobby Lashley, man, it's tough not to feel bad for him. He he was given the championship and then had the championship taken away from him for reasons that are beyond his control. And if you want to give him the championship back again, I don't think that it's going to resonate with the fans. I don't think giving Bobby Lashley a WWE championship for a third time after this second one is going to do good for Monday Night Raw. I think that that ship has sailed. That ship has sailed for Bobby Lashley. He's not going to be looked at as a guy that's going to be at the top of Monday Night Raw anymore. We, we've, been this, we've been through this song and dance once and now twice. It's time to move on. And WWE, I, I, I don't know what they're doing with Roman. This is the thing that fucking bothers me. I, I don't know what they're doing with Roman. If you make Roman a double champion, you already got this title versus title. You already got this winner-take-all stipulation at WrestleMania. Why? You have to give me a better reason than, oh, Brock Lesnar wants it. Why does he want a double championship? Why does WWE sanction a double championship match? Winner take all. There's got to be a legit reason for it. Is Roman going to work Raw and SmackDown? How many more people need to be fed to Roman Reigns? That's what I want to know. He's beaten everybody. What happens when he beats Lesnar? Who is he going to run through on Monday Night Raw that he has not run through already? Who's going to be the next victim? Balor? Styles? 
Rollins? Randy Orton? Who's next? He's beaten everybody. If you're doing this title versus title match, winner take all, the only thing that makes sense is to end the brand split. And that's not happening. So then everybody automatically thinks, well, Roman's going to work Raw and SmackDown. Why? You do realize that Roman working both Raw and SmackDown is going to give us more Roman. I don't think giving us more Roman is a good thing. Leave Roman for SmackDown if you still want a brand split. Having Roman on Raw and SmackDown may give people the impression of WWE shoving Roman down our throat, in our face, and then everybody that enjoyed seeing Roman is going to enjoy seeing him less because we're seeing too much of Roman Reigns. You can't rely on one guy for both top spots on Raw and SmackDown. You can't do it. It's very, very desperate of WWE, and it actually exposes them for failing to create new stars. You're relying on Roman to give you the boost that you need on Monday night because you can't have anybody else in the top spot. You can't be too worried about building top fucking guys that aren't Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is Roman Reigns. We get it. He's great. But you can't put Roman on Monday Night Raw and then expect him to carry the load over there as well as carrying the load on Friday night. Why would you do that to him? Don't you think it's easier to build other guys up around Roman to be the next Roman, to possibly be the guy to beat Roman? I don't get it. The perfect thing to do here would be for Roman to retire the Universal Championship and have one world championship ending the fucking brand split. You want to send shockwaves through WWE? Have Roman come out on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, retire the Universal title, and end the fucking brand split. I am the Tribal Chief. And this is my WWE. No more. No more Friday night. No more Raw. This is mine. It's a very simple thing to do. Otherwise, I don't see why we're doing a title versus title match. Very, very silly for WWE to be building one guy up and forgetting about everybody else. We've been seeing that one guy built up for the last two years while everybody else has been fucking devoured on the island of relevancy by Roman Reigns. It's not really a good look. People are starting to feel very fatigued and exhausted about the one guy getting all the attention and everybody else is sitting there getting the fucking scraps at the table. I don't like it. I don't like it. If you're doing a title versus title winner take all match, there's got to be a reason and the reason can't be all Lesnar wants it. I want title versus title. Why? What is the reason? There's got to be a reason more than you just want it. So Bobby Lashley's out. Bobby Lashley will not be at WrestleMania, and he probably will be missing some months following WrestleMania. So that was the open of the show, okay? Lesnar comes out, and he's talking about the Elimination Chamber. It's all smiles. He's wearing a fucking sweater. He looks like he should be sitting in Yellowstone, having a fucking shot of whiskey with John Dutton. This guy. So he's all smiles. Lesnar says it's getting hot in here. He takes his jacket off. He's got a cowboy hat on. Lesnar thanks everyone for the chance and introduces himself as the heavyweight champion of the world. Lesnar saying thank you to everybody. What world are we living in? 
Brock Lesnar showing appreciation for people? Who is this Brock Lesnar and what has he done with the old Brock Lesnar? So he thanks the crowd. Paul Heyman interrupts him from the stage and Lesnar's not happy. Lesnar says the stage is as far as he should go if he were Paul Heyman. Lesnar is in the ring and there's chance of you suck to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman says the special counsel to the tribal chief does not suck. Heyman says he's only special counsel to the real heavyweight champion in WWE. He then says he didn't come out to be disrespectful, but out of their love for their 20-plus years of friendship together. He knows Lesnar is so myopic looking at the WrestleMania 38 match, but there's this roadblock in Lesnar's way. Farm boy, you may not even make it to WrestleMania as WWE champion, he says. Heyman says he always took care of the small details for Lesnar, such as him having to defend the WWE title on Saturday, March 5th at Madison Square Garden in New York City. Heyman says this means Lesnar won't make it to WrestleMania as WWE champion. Heyman thanks Lesnar and says to just let him know if he needs any more information. So fans are continuing to boot Paul Heyman here. Lesnar says he can still appreciate Heyman even though he's a dick. Lesnar mentions already knowing where he needs to be. Heyman then asked Lesnar if he knows he has to defend the title against Bobby Lashley at Madison Square Garden. But if Lashley can't pass concussion protocol, Heyman will still make sure he has a worthy opponent. Heyman says he will see Lesnar at Madison Square Garden. Before I finish this segment here, I find it very funny that WWE mentioned the Madison Square Garden show on March 5th with Brock Lesnar defending the WWE title. It was originally scheduled to be Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley's not going to be not going to be there as he will be out like I just mentioned at least 4 months. The reason why WWE mentioned this Madison Square Garden show is not because it's an integral part on the road to WrestleMania. It's not because it's going to be something that's televised or something of great importance. The reason why WWE mentioned twice that they're holding a show at Madison Square Garden on March 5th with Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship is because WWE is struggling heavily, mightily, pathetically, to sell tickets to this Madison Square Garden show, so much so that they got Lesnar, they got Reigns, they got Rousey in a tag team match on that show. Becky's defending against Bianca Belair at that show. The Raw Women's Championship, that is a loaded show. And WWE can't sell tickets in New York City anymore. They are desperately trying to get tickets sold to that show. They don't even have 60% of Madison Square Garden sold for that March 5th show. So the reason why they mentioned it is because they need to sell a lot of tickets. WWE has not had a good look in Madison Square Garden the last couple times. Uh, They haven't had a good look in, in New York City in the last year. Survivor Series was in Brooklyn. Wasn't a sold-out crowd. They struggled to sell tickets for that show because WWE put no effort into building any importance whatsoever for the Survivor Series, and then they want to blame everybody but themselves. SmackDown 
at the Madison Square Garden show where we had Edge and Seth Rollins last year in September. That might have been a legit sellout, but WWE, I believe they had a Christmas show. They didn't even sell 50% of their fucking tickets for their holiday show, which is one of their biggest road shows of the entire year. Barclays didn't sell out. Madison Square Garden, they didn't sell out. They're going back to MSG, can't sell it out. Why? It all goes back to the fucking product. People are tired of seeing the same shit year after year after year after year. You think the New York City fans are stupid? WWE's been feeding them the same bullshit for how many years now? There's no reason to go see this show because if you've seen it once, you've seen them every single time. It doesn't matter. WWE is now failing in their backyard in New York City because they don't create television good enough for people to watch, and if people aren't watching the fucking show, why are they going to want to go pay tickets and pay their money to see this shit live? Everything comes full circle. So I found it very funny that Paul Heyman mentioned this twice, because if WWE was selling well in Madison Square Garden, you wouldn't have heard a fucking peep from, from Paul Heyman about this, and why would anybody... Why would anybody going to that show think that Brock Lesnar is going to lose the WWE Championship one month before they already hyped this shit up three fucking different times in, in the first 15 minutes? Title versus title. Winner take all. No matter who is in the ring with Lesnar, he's not losing the championship. So what's the point? Nobody should think going into that show that Lesnar is in trouble of losing the, the WWE Championship. It's silly. It's fucking silly. So Lesnar cuts him off, says, Newsflash, I'm doing just fine without you, Paul. Lesnar points to his title on his shoulder. Lesnar then then thanks Heyman for telling him where he needs to be. Lesnar now will tell Heyman where he will be on Friday night. I will be in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and I will be next to your little tribal chief demanding some acknowledgement. Guess where Lesnar will be Friday night? Heyman says, Saskatchewan? Wrong. I'm coming to SmackDown to introduce Heyman and Reigns to the new WWE champion. Very middle-of-the-road segment here. It didn't really enhance Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania. All it did was present Lesnar at Monday Night Raw, again in front of these people, as the new WWE champion coming out of the Elimination Chamber, and that is it. If we see anything that's going to enhance the storyline, it's going to be on Friday night where Roman Reigns resides. It's not going to happen on Monday Night Raw. So we'll see on Friday night where this storyline goes and how further WWE advances this on Friday Night SmackDown going into WrestleMania. Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, they were backstage. Two guys who right now do not have a role at WrestleMania, and this was acknowledged in this promo. Rollins and Kevin Owens are talking backstage when Kevin Patrick interrupts. He mentions how they are top stars, but their path to WrestleMania 38 is not clear. Owens then scolds Kevin Patrick and says that they do have a plan to get into WrestleMania. They go on and on. And reveal that they went to WWE officials. And when they beat RK Bro again tonight. 
They will be added to the Raw Tag Team title match against RK-Bro and Alpha Academy that is taking place in just two weeks. Then the possibilities for WrestleMania will be endless. Owens tells Patrick, we may even challenge the Usos at WrestleMania when we win those tag team titles. And then Seth Rollins is like, yeah, that's a good idea. Everybody loves the title versus title, right? Champion versus champion. WWE could have planted seeds there because after the Usos get done with the Viking Raiders, I don't really see what the Usos are going to be doing at WrestleMania, especially coming out of the SmackDown brand. Maybe we, maybe we do get the Usos versus Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Maybe it's time to unify those titles as well. In a perfect world, WWE should be doing these things. Ending the brand split, unifying the world championships so that the WWE championship is the only title in the company. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Merging the tag team divisions and merging the tag team titles on Raw and SmackDown so that there's one unified tag team champions in WWE. There is not enough tag teams to go around to have two separate brands and two separate divisions. You can't call a division with four teams a division because that's exactly what it is on Friday Night SmackDown. Monday Night Raw... They have teams that aren't even legit tag teams. RK-Bro is not a legit tag team. They're eventually going to break up. What happens then? Then you're going to be minus one tag team. Rollins and Owens are not a real tag team. The only real tag teams on Monday night are Alpha Academy, the Street Profits, and the Dirty Dogs. But WWE is putting a band-aid on their tag team division by pairing people like Rollins and Owens, Orton and Riddle. That's what they do. So if the Usos and Owens with Rollins is the match, I'm not going to complain about it as long as WWE gives us the right fucking way to go about it. And the brand split, it all comes back to that. So Owens tells Patrick that he's getting to team with his best friend as champion at WrestleMania, and this will make it the most bearable because he hates Texas. He dislikes Texas. There's that little seat planted there as well. Maybe they don't win the tag team championships. Maybe we still get the rumor of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back to wrestle Kevin Owens, but not in a one-on-one match. I don't know if Stone Cold's going to be able to handle a one-on-one match at 57 years old and a bad neck and a bad knee or two bad knees. I don't know how how likely it is that he's going to be able to handle a, a match with Kevin Owens. 
one-on-one. Maybe we get Rollins and Owens against Austin and a tag team partner of his choice at WrestleMania. Whoever that may be, I, I, I don't know. So we'll see what happens going into WrestleMania, but WWE has a problem when it comes to tag team wrestling. It's the same fucking thing that I've been talking about since the fucking 2016 draft. I've been saying the same goddamn thing, and nothing has changed. Looks like Rollins and Owens are going to be doing something together in a tag team capacity going into WrestleMania. We got the Alpha Academy versus the Street Profits again. Again. How many fucking times have we seen the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy on Monday Night Raw? This was a non-title match. Profits got their usual offense in here. I I will say this. Angelo Dawkins actually looked better than Montez Ford did tonight. I don't know why, but it's nice that Angelo Dawkins got some shine because Montez seems to always overshadow Angelo Dawkins. So Montez tried to slam Otis in this match. Just picture him trying to pick up Otis in a body slam He had him up in a power slam position. But then Otis was just too heavy. The weight was too much for Montez Ford. He fell back on Montez in a pinning combination. Chad Gable was on the outside already because he had taken out Angelo Dawkins. And behind the referee's back with Otis pinning Montez on the outside underneath the bottom rope was holding down Montez's foot so he could not kick out the Alpha Academy get the victory over the Street Profits Alpha Academy also beat the Street Profits two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw don't know why we constantly get rematches this goes back to what I just previously mentioned about the tag team division no tag teams in the division so you're going to get rematches like this every fucking time WWE has a Raw that's three hours you're going to get These teams wrestling each other over and over and over again. It's not special. Nobody wants to see the same match happen three weeks in a fucking row. But WWE seemingly is giving Alpha Academy a chance here. And I really like that. Otis has been great. Chad Gable is right now doing the best work of his career in WWE. He's got the gimmick flowing. He's feeling it. The, the promos he cuts, he's projecting himself very nicely. He's funny. We see that charisma coming out. He believes in what he's saying. He's very entertaining. I'm happy to see Chad Gable finally get some shine in WWE. It took them forever. But he waited it out. How long this is going to last, I don't know. I have no clue. But it's nice to see the Alpha Academy get shine. Now, the Street Profits, they were the... The bell of the ball when they first made it to Monday Night Raw. They were tag team champions in NXT, on SmackDown, on Monday Night Raw. They themselves don't have a clear path going into WrestleMania. They've kind of fallen from the top spot pretty heavily. So I don't know where they're going to sit at WrestleMania. Not everybody is going to be able to get on the WrestleMania card. And it should be that way. Not everybody can fit on the WrestleMania card. If you got something to do and there's some importance around what you're doing, then you should be on the WrestleMania card. I do not like, and I've said this, and I know I'm not the only one that believes in this, I don't think WWE should be putting everybody on the WrestleMania card for the sake of getting everybody a WrestleMania spot. Alpha Academy, 
They're the tag team champions. They deserve whatever they got going on. Street Profits, if they're not fitting into anything, then you should not force them onto the WrestleMania card. Not everybody's going to be able to make Dallas, Texas and WrestleMania 38. Kevin Patrick was backstage. Speaking of tag teams, Tommaso Ciampa. Looks like he's heading to Monday Night Raw. I'd rather him be on Raw than on SmackDown. SmackDown right now is the land of fucking where careers go to die. SmackDown. It is genuinely fucking putrid over on Friday nights. The worst show in all of pro wrestling is Friday Night SmackDown. There's not one redeeming thing about Friday Night SmackDown. So we saw the replay of Tommaso Ciampa and Dolph Ziggler with Ciampa last week throwing water in Dolph Ziggler's face at ringside when he was on commentary. Kevin Patrick is backstage interviewing Tommaso Ciampa and asking about the feeling of him being in a tag team match tonight on Monday Night Raw. So he's got a partner in mind and no better partner than Finn Balor. So it will be Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa versus Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Tommaso Ciampa will be going one-on-one with Dolph Ziggler tomorrow night on NXT, which right now, I believe, is a number one contender match for the NXT Championship. I can see Dolph Ziggler winning that number one contendership and getting Braun Breaker at Stand and Deliver, WrestleMania weekend. So Ciampa feels no pressure. And we'll take Ziggler out on any night, on any show. Bobby Roode is just an added bonus. He knew the right guy to call to be his partner tonight, Finn Balor. Balor is still very much over. Even though WWE doesn't really find any value in Finn Balor, but being a mid-card guy, putting over the younger guys. Finn Balor appears and he says Raw might be his home now, but he will never forget where he came from and will certainly never forget stepping in the ring with Champa. They may have stood toe-to-toe many times in the past, but tonight let's start the road to WrestleMania by standing shoulder-to-shoulder. Balor walks off and we get Tommaso Champa teaming with Finn Balor on Monday Night Raw. The sight of it is great. The thought of it is great. But I can't really get excited about Tommaso Ciampa from where he was in NXT. You, you know, I don't know how many people realize this watching the main roster who never watched NXT that suddenly are in love with NXT 2.0. You do realize that Tommaso Ciampa was at one point in this entire run of his in WWE was the best heel in all of professional wrestling was Tommaso Ciampa. You might not realize that. The man is incredible. The fact that he's on Monday Night Raw, I'm glad he changed his tune. He didn't want to be on the main roster. He wanted to be NXT for life. I'm glad that he's getting some shine on the main roster, but I'm not excited about it because I know guys like him are going to be slotted in roles that aren't going to exceed what he did tonight. He's not going to be challenging for the world title. He'll be middle-of-the-road, United States Championship-level performer on Monday Night Raw or Intercontinental Championship performer on SmackDown, depending on where he goes. That's what they're going to be using him for. He's 37 years old, 
Balor is in his 40s. They use these guys on Monday Night Raw to put over the younger talent. We've seen it before, time and time and time again. So I want to be excited for Tommaso Ciampa, but at the same time, I'm not, because I know he's capable of so much more. This guy was legitimately the NXT champion of all NXT champions, had one of the greatest storylines that this company has ever fucking written with Johnny Gargano, some of the best matches that they've ever produced ever with Johnny Gargano and many others, the best heel in the business at one point, the entire fucking business. Yet I'm supposed to get excited about him on Monday Night Raw in, in a fucking feud with Dolph Ziggler and the Dirty Dogs. Come on, man. What do you think is going to happen with LA Knight? Same thing's going to happen with LA Knight. Pete Dunne? You think Pete Dunne's going to survive in WWE? The guy does one thing right. The guy does one thing better than a lot of people in this company, and that's wrestle. Does Pete Dunne have a look that they're looking for? Does Pete Dunne cut a promo that they're looking for? Pete Dunne is going to be dead on arrival in WWE. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but Champa. The gray in his beard, gone. I got more gray in my beard than Champa does right now. That's another thing. WWE slightly changing things that don't need to be changed. They want Tommaso Champa to be the veteran guy to put the young guys over, but then they want him to look younger and dye his fucking beard. They, they, I don't think they realize that the gray in his beard actually is one of his main looks. It's the, it's the fucking look that made Champa, right? It's the look that made him psycho killer, Tommaso Ciampa. Now, but let's take it away from him. It's a decent little match here. Balor and Ciampa. I like the team. I like the makeup. So, Balor hit a dive. We got a commercial break. And this was a lot of... Ciampa got some offense in here. But majority he was used to build to a hot tag with Finn Balor. He's fighting back. He dropped Rude with a shoulder breaker. Uh, Champa grounds Rude with a headlock. Rude takes Champa to the corner, working him over, double team with Ziggler. Ziggler rakes the eyes. So they're, they're all building to, towards a, a hot tag for Finn Balor. So Champa sends Ziggler to the floor. Balor tags in. Rude gets knocked to the floor. Balor runs the ropes, flies out, assisted by Champa. They take these guys out at ringside. So Ziggler is kicking Champ around the ring. Root comes back in to take over. And fans are really, really behind Finn Balor here. So Ziggler tags right back in. Champa finally takes out Ziggler with a clothesline. They both go down. Balor and Root reach for the tags. They get the hot tags. Balor goes to work on Root with his signature offense. Sling blade, double stomp, big chop in the corner. Root turns it around. Balor blocks the glorious DDT attempt. Then drops him for a two count as Ziggler runs in and breaks it up. Champa attacks Ziggler, but Ziggler tosses him to the floor. Balor sends Ziggler to the floor uh, in retaliation. Balor turns around to a big spine buster by Bobby Roode, only gets a two count. Roode shows some anger here that he didn't get the job done. Balor escapes from a suplex, nails his sling blade. Champa tags back in, runs into Roode's elbow. Rude leaps off the second rope, but Champa nails him midair with his big knee strike. Rude blocks the fairy tale ending with a backdrop, but Champa rolls through and gets the pin to give him and Balor the victory over the Dirty Dogs 
on Monday Night Raw. I find it funny that Champa got the win on Monday night. They're going to go right back to Florida on Tuesday and wrestle each other, Ziggler and Champa. I could see Ziggler getting his victory back on NXT and him being the number one contender for Braun Breaker and that NXT championship. So it looks like we may be getting Breaker versus Ziggler at Stand and Deliver WrestleMania weekend. That's going to be taking place that Saturday, right in the morning, bright and early. So WWE is going to need to fill the American Airlines Center. I don't know if that NXT roster is going to be capable of filling the American Airlines Center. So they're probably going to have to rely on some main roster talent. And Ziggler, I'm not sure what his drawing power is or how many people are going to be interested in Ziggler on on an NXT show. But it looks like they may be using his main roster status to help get Braun Breaker over as NXT champion and further his push as the top guy on that brand. I don't know. I don't know. Ziggler might not even be the only one that we see from the main roster on that show. So we will see what happens there. But Champa got the victory here. Him and Balor looked very, very good together on Monday night. The Miz. The Miz is one of the most boring superstars in all of WWE. I think this is very well known in many different circles in WWE or in the IWC. So Miz is in the ring. Miz TV. Starts by ranting on South Carolina. And then he rants about how Rey Mysterio cheated to win at the Elimination Chamber. Using his son Dominic Mysterio to get the advantage. Miz goes on and mentions how he's realized the fans can't be trusted. Miz says he's found someone new to team with at WrestleMania 38. He says this person comes from a fighting family. He's very dashing. And he's a global celebrity. He comes from a fighting family. He's very dashing. And he's a global celebrity. Cody Rhodes is two of those three things. He's not a global celebrity. He's dashing. That was his old gimmick in WWE. Dashing Cody Rhodes. He comes from a fighting family. The Rhodes family, right? WWE is playing into the rumors of Cody Rhodes joining their company this WrestleMania season. A lot of people were wondering if Cody Rhodes would be slotted into this, uh, I guess, role with, with The Miz going into WrestleMania season, but it was already debunked coming out of the Elimination Chamber. PW Insider reported on, on Saturday afternoon, immediately after the Elimination Chamber was over, that The Miz's partner is not going to be Cody Rhodes, that it was going to be Logan Paul. A lot of people said Logan Paul. Ringside News, I believe, even mentioned before Logan Paul was even a a talking point that it was going to be Logan Paul and The Miz teaming up at WrestleMania. So The Miz made these teases about Cody Rhodes. So Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio come out. Rey has a microphone and he's making fun of The Miz and says no one would want to team with him because the locker room can't stand him. Ray says, whoever this outside guy is, he can go right back where he came from and give his WrestleMania moment to someone else who deserves it. Miz says he knows what is best for this industry. Not Ray, not Dominic, and certainly not the fans. Dominic speaks up and defends his spot in WWE and promises if Miz says one more thing about his father, Miz interrupts and starts taunting Dominic and says he's proposing that he 
and his new tag team partner face Ray and Dominic at WrestleMania 38. Miz says, everyone get up from your seats and give my partner a warm welcome, Logan Paul. Logan Paul comes out, and he's booed out of the building because nobody likes Logan Paul. Hits the ring, he's bumping chests with the Miz. Paul says to Ray, no disrespect, Ray is a WWE legend, but I've got pool toys that are bigger than Ray Mysterio. Dominic then takes the microphone and says, if this jackass is your partner, then at WrestleMania, we accept your challenge. Logan and Miz suddenly attack out of nowhere and beat Ray and Dominic Mysterio down. Logan and Miz grab Ray, launch him headfirst into the ring post. Then they do the same to Dominic in the other corner. Miz drops Ray with the skull-crushing finale. Miz shoves Dominic into Logan Paul, who then drops Dominic with his own version of the skull-crushing finale. And that's it. That's the way the segment went off the air, and these two guys are posing, and the WrestleMania match is made. Miz and Logan Paul versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio at WrestleMania. I guess we now have one of our bathroom breaks during WrestleMania weekend. Don't know who is excited about this match or why anybody would be excited about this match. I I, I laughed. I laughed at all the people wanting this to be Cody Rhodes. They wanted this to be the announcement of Cody Rhodes. That would have been fucking sad if Cody Rhodes was the announced Tag team partner for The Miz. They can tease it all they want. Dashing, a fighting family, whatever the fuck else he said. If Cody Rhodes came into team with The Miz, this would have been such a tremendous, tremendous disappointment and a tremendous downgrade from where he came from in AEW. I thank God that Cody Rhodes is not slotted into this position. On the WrestleMania card. There are other positions for him to fit in. We don't even know if he's going to sign. We don't know what his plans are. He could all end up in AEW for all we know. Still. He could end up signing a, a, a deal. With AEW. We don't know yet. He's not signed with anybody. The last that I read is that he was going to be at the Performance Center. This past weekend. To film vignettes for his return. I don't know how true that is. But if Cody Rhodes debuted here, this would have been fucking sad, man. Sad. I'm actually genuinely excited for Cody Rhodes to see what WWE would do with somebody like him at his current status. Putting him in a fucking feud with Rey Mysterio on The Miz doesn't really scream excitement to me. The Miz is a lower-level, D-rated superstar. You're not going to take somebody like Cody Rhodes and put him in something like this. Cody needs to be at the top where Edge, Styles, Roman are. That's the type of guy that he needs to be. Not teaming with the fucking Miz. Kevin Patrick is backstage with the Alpha Academy after their victory over the Street Profits. They were asked about tonight's main event and said that at least RK-Bro earned their title match while Rollins and Owens just complained to get a chance at the titles. Chad Gable realizes their odds go down significantly if Rollins and Owens are added to the title match. But he and Otis are confident that they will retain regardless of who they defend against. Rhea Ripley. WWE is trying very hard to resuscitate the dead career 
of Rhea Ripley. She's been ice cold. Ever since she lost that championship to Charlotte Flair, they put her on a fucking tag team with some comic book looking geek, Nikki Trash, Nikki TR, A-S-H, and her career has suffered greatly for it. WWE gave her a nice little run in the Royal Rumble. WWE gave her a nice little run in the Elimination Chamber. It is not going to be enough to save Rhea Ripley from the long-lasting damaging effects of you teaming her with Nikki Ash. Rhea Ripley and Nikki Ash again. I don't get it. These two have fought twice before in singles matches. Rhea Ripley has won both of those matches. I believe that they were a part of a six-woman tag team match as well, where Rhea Ripley got the victory over Nikki Ash. And Rhea Ripley, inside the Elimination Chamber, pinned Nikki Ash with the Riptide. So on four different occasions, since January, we've seen Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley, with Rhea Ripley getting a victory in every single situation. So why do we need another match with these two when Rhea Ripley just came out of the Elimination Chamber and ended up eliminating Nikki Ash from the Chamber match and beat her in a one-on-one match not too long ago on Monday Night Raw? Why do we need another rematch with these two? Hasn't Rhea Ripley proven her point? Haven't WWE proven their points that Nikki T-R-A-S-H is trash? That she may end up on the unemployment line after WrestleMania? The gimmick is dead. Rhea Ripley accomplishes nothing by continuing to beat Nikki Ash. What is Rhea Ripley doing at WrestleMania is what I want to know. Where is she going to be slotted in on WrestleMania? Is Asuka coming back? Is Bailey going to be brought in to feud with Rhea Ripley on Monday night? Where is Rhea Ripley going to sit on the WrestleMania card? I don't know. Former Raw Women's Champion, right? Big future piece to the women's division, right? Where is she going? I don't know. She might not even be on the show. Sucks to be Rhea Ripley. WWE's got no plans at all for Rhea Ripley And this match, again, is every bit of proof that WWE has no plans for Rhea Ripley. This was a complete waste of my time. I I don't know who would give a shit about two minutes. Two minutes. Ripley won the same way that she's beaten Nikki Ash every single other time with a riptide. And that's it. Two minutes, Rhea Ripley wins. Thank you for coming. Goodbye. We got the United States champion, Damian Priest. He went one-on-one with Shelton Benjamin. This was a non-title match. Jimmy Smith mentioned something about it being a title match. This was, in fact, a non-title match. Damian Priest. He's one of those things that I talk about quite frequently every Monday night. At the end of this match with Damian Priest and Shelton Benjamin, it is very, very eye-opening and apparent that nobody cares about Damian Priest whatsoever. Damian Priest is ice-fucking-cold. And WWE will never blame themselves for what they did to Damian Priest. 
They are to blame 100% why Damian Priest is not over in front of the WWE crowd. He's the United States champion, and he is absolutely ice fucking cold in front of this audience. Every audience that is in front of Why? Why? Because you made him look cool with the Archer of Infamy gimmick. Had him coming out, shooting bows and arrows and fucking fire everywhere, right? He looked great. He was cool. Then WWE wants to do this Jekyll and Hyde fucking thing. Give him a gimmick like they gave Keith Lee. A gimmick with Bearcat and Karrion Cross with the fucking Terminator mask. Or the, not the Terminator mask, with the fucking Super Shredder mask. That him turned into a fucking Ninja Turtle character. Karrion Cross Had him look like the fucking, the uh, half-cousin <laughs> of both Demolition, right? They did the same thing with Damian Priest. They gave him some stupid, silly fucking gimmick because the old Damian Priest, apparently there was something wrong with the old Damian Priest. What is not broken does not need to be changed, Vince. Vince will never blame himself. Bruce Prichard will never blame himself, right? But they are the ones to blame for Damian Priest. The Jekyll and Hyde gimmick didn't work out. DQs everywhere, him getting himself disqualified, him acting like a fucking... Get all angry, getting himself DQ'd and acting like a fucking dumbass. You don't think fans are smart enough to pick up on this stupid childish bullshit? WWE actively ruined Damian Priest to where we see him now. He is ice fucking cold. And the only thing that's going to work right now is to turn Damian Priest heel. That's it. I think a heel turn needs to happen to save whatever is left with Damian Priest. And it's fucking sad that he's got to go out there, get no reaction. And if any reaction is felt in a Damian Priest match, it's people booing because they have no fucking interest in Damian Priest. He doesn't act like a heel. He doesn't come off like a heel. He's getting booed because people are fucking bored of him. He's getting booed because people don't like Damian Priest. So something needs to change. And no, anger issues are not the answer. Something needs to be done here. But Vince and Bruce are too fucking stupid to realize that their creative ruined Damian Priest. Six months ago, we were talking about Damian Priest maybe being slotted into the main event scene on Monday Night Raw, challenging for the WWE Championship. I don't feel that same way at all anymore. No way. He'll turn or complete bust with Damian Priest. So we got a match with Shelton Benjamin. This was actually a different match on Monday Night Raw. Shelton Benjamin's out there with Cedric Alexander. They're still calling them the Hurt Business for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know why. So Shelton beats Priest into the corner, takes it to him pretty quickly, right at the bell. Benjamin goes and sends Priest to the floor. Alexander ends up delivering a big kick to the chest while the referee is distracted in the ring by Benjamin. Shelton brings him back in, slams Priest for a close two count with uh, pay dirt, I believe he hit. Benjamin grounds Priest in the middle of the ring. Priest fights up. Rocking Benjamin with an elbow. Priest snaps uh, and shows his anger, Damian Priest. Fucking stupid, man. 
WWE clearly written for four-year-olds by 76-year-old fucking out-of-touch old men. So he unloads with some big strikes, clothesline, Priest with the big choke slam, kick to the face, uh, and then he finishes him off with the reckoning, and that was pretty much it. One, two, three, Damian Priest retains, or not really retains, it was a non-title match. He wins over Shelton Benjamin in this non-title match. After the match was over, Priest has his microphone in hand with the title, raises the title. He gives props to Shelton Benjamin for being one of the few that will come out and fight him like a man. Priest says there's a list of world champions he's defeated, serious athletes who have stepped up, but he's remained the United States champion. People are booing. People don't give a shit what Damian Priest has to say. People are legitimately booing in South Carolina. Priest says now this is WrestleMania season and he wants his next opponent to match that caliber. Priest says next week he's volunteering his title in a match, but he wants this opponent to be someone of world title caliber. Priest introduces himself as the United States champion and then asks the locker room who's going to try and take that from him. Finn Balor's music hits. He comes out. Balor says if Priest wants to face a serious athlete, a serious fighter, a world champion-level opponent, well, then it sounds like you're talking about me. Fans cheered. Balor warns Priest to be careful what he wishes for and says he will see him next week. Balor versus Priest for the United States Championship. If I'm WWE, I'm taking that belt off Damian Priest and putting it on Finn Balor. That's what I'm doing. I'm having Balor lose the title. I'm having Balor turn uh, the United States Championship into something that is of equal importance to everything else championship-wise. Well, I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad way to, that's a bad statement to, to, to really say. WWE's titles mean shit. WWE needs to start making their secondary titles a lot more important if you're thinking about giving Roman Reigns both world championships. That's what they need to start doing. If Roman Reigns is going to be slotted as both Universal and WWE champion, then the WWE needs to start making the Intercontinental title feel a little bit more important and valuable and prestigious. And the same thing with the United States Championship. Next week, I'm giving Balor the United States Championship, and I'm having Damian Priest turn heel on Finn Balor. That's what I'm doing. And if you want to do something with Balor at WrestleMania, I'm having Balor and Austin Theory for the United States Championship. That's what I'm doing. I don't know where Damian Priest fits in, but, I mean, I I am not liking anything with Damian Priest right now, and it's all WWE's fault. I was a big Damian Priest guy. And WWE seemingly has taken... That's that interest that I had in Damian Priest and have killed it because of their cartoonish fucking gimmicks. Not everything needs a fucking gimmick, especially one that's fucking appealing to a five-year-old. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde did not do anything for this guy's character. Nothing. It actually turned people away from being interested in Damian Priest and disinterested in anything he did. Turn him heel. It's the only way We're going to salvage anything going on here with Damian Priest. So, we go from that to the 24-7 championship. You know, I, I, I I don't understand how WWE continues to give the 24-7 title segment so much time. What are we doing? 
with the 24-7 championship. And why is it still a thing on television? I don't care for Reggie to be on television, R-Truth to be on television, Tozawa, Dana Brooke of all fucking people. I don't care for any of these people to be on television. I really don't. So we got Reggie. He's in the ring with the microphone. He says he came out to get something off of his chest and he promises he won't be interrupted by any 24-7 shenanigans until he gets all of this out. He'd like to bring out Dana Brooke. So Dana Brooke had to put down the pies and catering that she was letting cool off that she pulled out of the oven and she came out to the ring to speak to Reggie. Reggie says he's been very supportive of Dana winning the 24-7 title from the very beginning. He's cared for her, maybe more than friends, and he gets it. All she wants to be is friends, and that's fine. But last week, he lost sight of what was important and couldn't resist taking advantage of an opportunity, but it left him with a horrible feeling in his stomach all week. Reggie apologized from the bottom of his heart, and he wants to show Dana how she means so much more to him. He calls for a referee, and Dana's looking on confused. Reggie flips around in the ring and then all of a sudden lays down in the middle of the ring. Reggie invites Dana to come and pin him for the 24-7 title. So she goes to pin him and he kicks out. He starts laughing. He lays down again. Reggie again, let Dana cover him. He kicks out for a second time. Dana now is getting upset. She's asking, why am I even out here? It's a good question. Why are you even out here? So Reggie tells her to go ahead and do it again. Dana pins him, but this time she starts making out with him in the pen. One, two, three, and Dana Brooke once again is the 24-7 champion. R-Truth and the fucking catering uh, brigade run down to the ring. Reggie drop kicks him out of the ring. Dana knocks Tazawa off the apron right into Snooker's arms, Tamina's arms. Tazawa then goes for a kiss on Tamina. She throws him down to the floor, and that's the way the segment goes off the air. Everybody chasing Reggie and Dana Brooke. Complete and utter fucking garbage. I don't know how there are legitimate people that are alive and breathing that find any of this fucking interesting and that are fans of this shit. This is fucking garbage. Get it off my television. It actively makes the show fucking worse. And Monday Night Raw is a terrible program to begin with. Get it off TV. It holds no value and has no business being on the fucking show. Bianca Belair. She comes out. She won the Elimination Chamber. She's the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. Oh, joy. Oh, joy. So she's in the ring. Cuts a promo on how she's ready to run it back after making history at WrestleMania 37 last year. You said it, honey. You said it. You made history last year with Sasha Banks. In the main event. She mentions Lynch and then goes on about how tough the other Elimination Chamber participants were, but there can only be one EST. 
Belair really wants to get this uh, point across. She's the hardest working woman in WWE, working nonstop for this WrestleMania moment. So if you think she's about to let up now, no way. She goes on and on and says, in six weeks, she will show Lynch why you can't spell WrestleMania without a little E-S-T. Out comes Becky. I immediately reach for my remote control because I know she's about to speak and nobody wants to hear Becky Lynch fucking belch out whatever she's got to say. Her voice is so terrible, glass was breaking in my fucking household, man. Awful. Lynch congratulates Belair on making it back to the big time and says it doesn't get any bigger than the two women who have won WrestleMania main events. Becky says she and Belair will main event WrestleMania 38. Gonna stop right there. Gonna stop right there, man. Becky Lynch says that her and Bianca Belair are gonna main event WrestleMania. How? How are Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch gonna main event WrestleMania And why would Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch main event WrestleMania? Is there some internal politicking going on that we don't know about? Is Becky Lynch really complaining to management about Charlotte Flair being in the main event of WrestleMania? There's got to be some backstage politicking going on between Becky and Charlotte. Almost guarantee it. Charlotte and Ronda, you mean to tell me that WWE's not going to put that in the main event? Ronda's not going to be in the main event over Becky and Bianca Belair? Give me a break. Ronda Rousey won the Royal Rumble. These two-night WrestleManias exist for the main event of WrestleMania to be headlined by the winners of the Royal Rumble, right? Ronda won the Royal Rumble, so she gets night one with Charlotte Flair. I don't like it. I don't think it's a main event match for WrestleMania. I think it's fucking complete shit. Nobody wants to see Ronda in the main event. And if you do, you're a fucking hack. You're a complete fucking idiotic casual. And then Ronda, Charlotte Night 1, along with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar in Night 2, Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey both won the Royal Rumble. So please correct me if I'm wrong. That is not a statement that should be made with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Now, people were telling me, oh, WWE's always said that. The main event of WrestleMania, even though they're not the main event of WrestleMania. No, they haven't. When did this become a thing? And why is it said? And why are you telling me that it's been said and not complaining about it like I am? As if you guys are okay with someone saying they're going to main event WrestleMania, but in fact they're not. Lies. And it only makes Becky look fucking even more stupid than she already does. You should not be saying you're main eventing WrestleMania if you are indeed not going to main event WrestleMania. I do not see how this is likely. So, Belair says that this may be true, but she did it better in the main event than Becky Lynch did. Becky brings up how she walked out of WrestleMania 35 as Becky two belts and hasn't been beaten in three years. That's great. I guess everybody is supposed to forget that you took 
a, a maternity leave to go have a fucking child. So yes, you were off TV for over a year. But now you're back. But don't discredit the other women that were there when you weren't there holding the championship for you to ultimately get it back. It's like WWE bypassed all the other championship reigns and none of them matter because Becky Lynch is the champion. I don't like that. So she also recalls how her 22nd win at SummerSlam over Bel Air went. 26 seconds to be exact. Well, they both keep talking about WrestleMania and Lynch accuses Bel Air of playing the victim. Bel Air points to some of her accomplishments and says she is not the victim. Becky Lynch says, yeah, that's right, because I'm the victim. Becky Lynch is the victim, she says. She used to be the man of the people until Bel Air came along. She goes on and on and on about how fans have despised her ever since she beat Bel Air at SummerSlam. They even gave her a a huge ovation when she returned for that match, but it stopped as soon as that match was over. No wonder. No shit. It's not that difficult to figure out, Becky. Lynch says because they despise her now, she despises Bel Air because of this. Lynch reminds Bel Air what she did to Lita at the Elimination Chamber. I loved Lita, she says. Imagine what I'm going to do to somebody that I don't like in Bianca Bel Air. So they face off, and then out comes Doe Drop because she had, she had a scheduled match with Bianca Belair coming up right after this promo back and forth with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. You know, I, I see a lot of people chattering on social media, a lot of people. Uh, there was a whole Reddit thread on how I am just the worst human being alive because of my take on Bianca Belair and, and, and Becky Lynch at WrestleMania, I, I don't see how people are not seeing it the way that I am and how hated I am because I'm not for this match. I never said I wasn't for the match. In fact, I said from the very beginning that Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch should have never ended in 26 seconds at SummerSlam. Bianca Belair has not looked good since that moment. Since that moment that you did her dirty, she has not recovered. Having Doe Drop and Belair every other fucking week is not going to make Bianca Belair look good. There's only so many KODs to the big hefty Doe Drop that Bianca Belair could do to show off her fucking feats of strength. Give me a break. It's not going to work, especially on somebody like me. I don't find that to be impressive at all. You beat Doe Drop. Great. What the fuck do you want? A cookie? Go to Titus. I'm sure he's got some delicious chocolate chip cookies coming right out of the oven. Give me a break with this shit. Bianca Belair has not looked the same since that 26-second loss. A showing in the Royal Rumble? Fine. Fine. What did she do? How many people did she eliminate in the Royal Rumble? One? She was the Iron Woman of the Royal Rumble, I believe. Then she wins the Elimination Chamber. Am I supposed to forget all of the indifference and all of the specialness that was sucked from Bianca Belair as soon as you went and did this stunt at SummerSlam? Now you want me to forget about it, right? You want me to forget about it. 
And people are now crying long-term booking. If you think WWE had it in their head when a 26-second loss to Becky Lynch was planned at SummerSlam, if you think WWE had it in their head that they were going to beat Bianca in 26 seconds and then redo this match at WrestleMania next year from SummerSlam, you are as dumb as I already know you are. That's not the case. WWE are only giving you Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch not because it makes sense, not because of long-term booking, but here's the fucking spoiler, folks. Because there's nobody else on Monday Night Raw. There's nobody else to challenge Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw. Who else is there? She's beaten them all. She's buried them all. So spare me the long-term booking. And spare me the, the, oh my God, Bianca is getting her revenge against Becky Lynch. Give me a break. Bianca Belair looks no better this year than she did last year. Let's put some respect on Sasha Banks' name, please. You think this main event with Becky is going to do more for Bianca than what Bianca did with Sasha last year? I fail to find any reason why that match with Becky is going to do any better for Bianca. I fail to see. I I don't know. How could you honestly tell me that Bianca is in a better position now than what she did with Sasha? Bianca feuded with Sasha, feuded with Bailey, right? What did Bianca do coming out of SummerSlam? She was dead to rights. You killed all her momentum, and she's not recovered any of that at all. So cut me the bullshit, spare me your bullshit, and get with the fucking facts. The fact of the matter is, Becky and Bianca is only happening because there is nobody else on Monday Night Raw. In fact, I would actually bring Bailey back and have Bailey challenge Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship because that's something that's A, new, and B, fresh. Not Bianca Belair. And please, I would love for you fucking geeks on Reddit to elaborate. What happens when Bianca wins the Raw Women's Championship? I don't know. She beat Sasha Banks last year in a very pivotal match in WWE history. The first one-on-one women's match to main event WrestleMania and something that was heralded as a major deal as two women of color were in the main event of WrestleMania. What happens when Bianca Belair beats Becky Lynch at WrestleMania? Where does she go next? Huh? Who is she feuding with again? Who is she feuding with after that? Lacey Evans? Who's next? Bailey? Asuka? If WWE doesn't have a fucking plan going into WrestleMania, you guys think that they have a fucking plan coming out of WrestleMania? They got not one fucking plan to follow WrestleMania for Bianca Belair. Not one. As soon as she wins that title, everything that you guys are imagining with Bianca Belair... Oh my God, she's got momentum. She's got consistency. She's, she's been winning matches. She looks better than ever. All of it, you're fabricating it in your own minds. And when you finally see it happen and realize that I've been right, all of what you think is there will show itself as never being there. 
She will lose every ounce of importance coming out of WrestleMania because WWE will do the same thing that they did to Bianca Belair last year, this year. The only difference is it was Sasha, and now it's Becky. Failure. I'm sorry. And I'm a fan of Bianca Belair. Always have and always will be. But this is on WWE's head. This is on their fucking heads with this shit creative that I know is coming after WrestleMania. No matter what happens at WrestleMania, it's what happens after that is most important. Doe drop. Another match with Doe drop against Bianca Belair. But I got to hear the geeks tell me that she is building momentum. Another rematch. How many fucking matches with Doe Drop have we seen since January? What is this, the fifth match? Plus, they were in the fucking chamber. She beats Doe Drop. What do you think happened? 11 minutes. Belair was distracted by Lynch, who was on commentary. Had to fucking mute the TV because she was blabbering on commentary, did Becky Lynch. Awful. So Doe Drop knocked her down with a crossbody outside the ring. Doe Drop went for a cannonball. Belair caught her, hit a spine buster and a handspring moonsault. Doe Drop yanked Belair off the top, went for a cannonball, but Belair moved. Doe Drop then came back with a Michinoku driver for a two count. Doe Drop went to the top, but Belair brought her down with a powerbomb. That, that popped the crowd pretty decently. Belair followed with a KOD, another big reaction, and another pinfall victory for. Bianca Belair. I even have people on Reddit. Wait till you see the fucking Reddit stupidity. People are saying Doe Drop was made by Bianca and and Becky Lynch. She's a loser. What was she made into? A fucking loser. Every time I look at it, she's losing. What exactly was made with Doe Drop feuding with Becky or Bianca? Doe Drop is as insignificant as they come on this show. She's there to merely eat L's. She does not feel special. She's not going to be a bigger deal, and she's not a superstar. She's just there to eat pins for everybody else on Monday Night Raw. Edge. This was his first appearance since the Royal Rumble. He's in the ring. Edge says the smell of WrestleMania is in the air. He recalls being a fan and being amazed at WrestleMania 3. He goes on about getting on the WrestleMania card this year. So he says it's good to be back. He loves everybody. It's great to see everybody. He talks about finally getting his spot on his first WrestleMania. Talks about stealing the show with TLC. And he says he's thinking of Hall of Famer Devon Dudley, who just had back surgery. Edge goes on about some of his other WrestleMania moments. And he congratulates The Undertaker for his 2022 Hall of Fame induction. Talks about retiring with a WrestleMania match. But then he fought for 10 years to get back to WrestleMania. And he did that last year. As a kid, he dreamed about WrestleMania. Still does dream about WrestleMania, even as an adult. He mentions how the fans give him energy. Needed to be phenomenal. There's that one key word so far. Fans give him the energy needed to be phenomenal. And he even raised his eyebrow at the word when he said it. Sounds like a reference to AJ Styles, obviously. Edge says at WrestleMania, he makes everything and everyone around him better. He steps up at WrestleMania. Edge says he needs WrestleMania. 
He needs WrestleMania 37. And WrestleMania 37 this year is being called the most stupendous two-night WrestleMania in WWE history. But he says you can't call WrestleMania that without him. And as much as he needs WrestleMania, WrestleMania needs Edge. He then issues an open challenge and says he needs someone to step up. If you want to prove yourself, stand across the ring from a man who says he is still the best thing going today. A certifiable legend. Edge will make you a legend forever if you fight him at WrestleMania. Edge tells the boys to step up in the back because he will be waiting. He also used the word undeniable in this promo. He used the words undeniable and he used the word phenomenal. So, obviously WWE is teasing a lot going on with Edge going into WrestleMania. A lot of people are asking for Edge versus AJ Styles at Mania this year. A lot of people. Edge asked for it. Styles wants it. It was a report that Styles desperately wants a match with Edge at WrestleMania. I do think that if Edge and Styles was the plan, we would have seen Styles at some point this evening. And we didn't see Styles at all. I don't know why WWE would wait That's the only thing that throws me off about this. Why would you tease AJ Styles and Edge at WrestleMania and wait on that announcement? I mean, I don't get it. There's a great story back and forth that you could build with these guys, and the more you do it, the more it's going to feel special. So why would you wait on AJ Styles answering the call for Edge and this open challenge? Now, yes, he used the word phenomenal because everybody wants that match. They both know it. WWE knows it. So they could be using that word in this promo as a way to throw people off the trail. He also used the word undeniable. Cody's used that word several times before. So this is the second Cody reference on a WWE program after the Elimination Chamber. Tonight, we got undeniable and we got dashing. The first one was a troll. This one I could see being legit. This is the type of spot that I would welcome Cody Rhodes walking into WWE and gladly taking. That is must-see television to me. Cody Rhodes and Edge um, on television, cutting a promo with each other, that to me speaks WrestleMania. That to me gives me a reason to get excited about WWE television. That is what I want Cody Rhodes to do. If he is jumping ship, that's the type of program that we need to see him in. Is it going to be Cody versus Edge? I'll take either one of those matches. Cody versus Edge or AJ Styles versus Edge. i take either one of them. Some people were saying, is it a triple threat match? I don't want to see a triple threat match with Edge, AJ Styles, and Cody. On paper, it sounds like a dream match, but I want the story-driven one-on-one match between Edge and somebody. I don't want a triple threat match. Edge was in a triple threat match last year with Roman and Bryan. We don't need to see another triple threat match again this year. But if Cody comes in and wrestles Edge, what does AJ Styles do? That's the bigger question. If Cody is wrestling Edge, what is AJ Styles going to do at WrestleMania? There's not much for him to do. So the answer to WWE's problems here may be to do Edge and Styles and then maybe hold off Cody for the Raw after WrestleMania. And then we can build to something after WrestleMania. Is Cody going to be needed at WrestleMania? I don't know. 
I don't know. I'd like to see Cody at WrestleMania if, if he is coming in because he's going to give me a reason to actually care more than I do now. But you, you got to slot who you have on your roster right now into WrestleMania. Edge and Styles, I think, is a lot of, a lot of people's dream match for this WrestleMania. So if you go and do that, you're going to make a lot of people happy. It's up to WWE to really build the hype to that match because last time we got a match that we really wanted with Styles at WrestleMania is with Nakamura, and WWE fucking failed with that match. I don't want the same thing to happen here with Edge. But Edge, Styles, then we got to have Riddle and Orton. What are they going to do? Rollins and Owens, what are they going to do at WrestleMania? There's a lot of what-ifs here. And this is why I said in the beginning, I don't, I don't know if WWE knows what the fuck they're doing going into WrestleMania. There's a lot of moving parts here. I would, you know, the, the, the whole thing about this Cody thing, we don't even know if he's coming in. It's all, it's all confirmed by several sources. Oh, he's, he's coming in. I wouldn't necessarily debut him at WrestleMania. I don't think WrestleMania needs Cody Rhodes. You want to make Monday Night Raw big again after WrestleMania? Because the last couple of Raw after Manias were fucking terrible. Nothing about them spelt special at all. Or felt special. To save Cody for the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania and begin his journey in WWE again on Monday Night Raw following WrestleMania. Why do you need him at WrestleMania? Just do Styles and Edge. Get Styles on the show. Give him something important to do. Because he needs something important to do. Because he feels like a fucking afterthought. Just get him on WrestleMania with Edge. And then worry about Cody after WrestleMania. We don't need to start building things around Cody for WrestleMania. You got enough going on at WrestleMania right now with all these other fucking things and all these appearances that Cody's not going to be needed. Just save him for Monday Night Raw. Edge, again, showing you why he's the master of promo. It's going to be the most interesting thing because people are going to, oh my God, is it Cody? Oh my God, who is it? Open challenge. The, 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 The most intriguing thing you can do with somebody like Edge right now going into Mania is an open challenge. So I'm going to enjoy this. At least some sense of unpredictability going into WrestleMania. I like it. RK Bro versus Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. This was the main event of the show. If Rollins and Owens win here, they get added to the tag team title match two weeks from now with RK Bro and Alpha Academy. So Orton tried giving Rollins a suplex on the announce table. Owens saved him. Always got to do that suplex on the announce table spot. This WWE with Randy Orton. So Orton suplexed Owens on the table instead. Uh, Rollins immediately followed with a suicide dive. Orton gave Owens a back suplex before tagging in Riddle. Riddle hit Rollins with a Pele kick, some forearms, overhead suplex, senton, punt kick. Really going off on Rollins. German suplex. Got him a two count. Rollins then distracted the referee as Owens yanked Riddle off the top, allowing Rollins to a double foot stomp for two. Owens hit a senton. Rollins followed with a frog splash. He goes for his own cover, only gets a two count. Orton tagged in, hit Rollins and Owens, took them both out. He hits Owens with a clothesline, power slam, sets up the draping DDT, but Rollins bailed, so Orton gave Owens the DDT. Owens super kicked Orton and stomped on Riddle's bare feet. And Riddle tagged himself in at this point. Rollins took out Orton with the curb stomp outside the ring as Riddle hit Owens with a floating bro about to win the match. Rollins gave Riddle a buckle bomb towards the end of this thing. Owens followed up with a stunner. 
And Rollins finished him off with the curb stomp for the one, two, three. Decent little tag team match here. Alpha Academy now have to defend the tag team championships against RK Bro and Rollins and Owens in just two weeks. Get Blackheart Slayer out of the chat. Look at this fucking guy. Get him out. Get this guy out of here, man. You're, you're a fucking geek. Imagine you got to wait four weeks to chat in my fucking live stream, and that's what you say. Nobody gives a shit. Get out of here. Fun little tag team match. And uh, again, you know, the suplex spot with, uh, with Riddle. Soon as he was... Uh, about to make the hot tag in. He tagged himself in. That was the whole thing about this match. Orton was thrown into the corner, and he tagged himself in, did Riddle. So I don't know what's going on here. This could be the ultimate setup to break up RK-Bro going into WrestleMania. And this may be the final straw that broke the camel's back. So we'll see what happens there, but uh, I-, I do not see the... I, don't, I-, I do not see the tag team titles going back to RK-Bro. At all. If anything, they'll go to Rollins and Owens and they'll start building the tag team division around Rollins and Owens because I don't think they really fit into anything else. I don't. So we'll see what happens. Again, WWE's got a lot of question marks going into WrestleMania, man. I can't figure out where it's going. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. It, 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 it's, very, it's very lazy storytelling. I would usually say, I'd be the first one to tell you, I love the unpredictability, but... It's not a good unpredictable. It's a bad unpredictable because you just know that WWE doesn't have any plans, solid plans, with any of their talent. Everybody's just thrown all over the place, and they're going to wait as long as they can to start slotting these guys into WrestleMania roles. Everybody should already have a WrestleMania role, and I don't think WWE really knows what those roles are going to be with six weeks left to go. Thank you guys for all of your support, man. I appreciate you guys hanging out on the live stream tonight. 2,700 plus in the venue for this Monday Night Raw review. We hit 1,000 likes. We hit the minimum. Thank you guys very much for spending your Monday night with me here this evening. Get those Super Chats in. We're about to go over all the Super Chats in just a little bit. But first, I want to shout out my sponsor for today's show, and that is Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout and get your free sample, man. It's time to get up off the couch, get into the bedroom, and have that confidence to do so, man. Blue Chew is where you guys are going to get all that confidence. That confidence can take you far in life, man. It's one of the reasons why I have one of the most successful podcasts in the IWC. Not because of Blue Chew. But because of confidence. And when you feel confident, you feel like you're at your best. Especially when it comes time to step up to the plate in the bedroom. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. It comes at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. You guys can plan ahead and be ready, be ready whenever that opportunity arises. And you guys, listen... I'm telling you right now, the process is very simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed online medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive prescriptions within days. The best part is it's all done online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, 
No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Juice tablets are also made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door very discreetly. So if you guys can benefit from that extra confidence, I don't know why you wouldn't give Blue Chew a try. I've got a special deal for everybody listening to the live stream tonight from Monday Night Raw. You guys can get Blue Chew for free using our code JD at checkout. All you guys got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for being such a great friend and a great sponsor of Off the Script right here tonight for the Monday Night Raw post show on OTS. Also, guys, follow me on Twitter at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And continue to hit that thumbs up. If you guys have not hit the thumbs up, go and hit that thumbs up now as it greatly helps out the video when I'm done here on the Raw Post Show. Let's start at the top. Eric Newton with a $5 super chat. JD, if you need a new name for The Miz, I call him now The Mid, and he shall be known as Mike Midzanin, or however you spell his last name. Yes, Eric, Miz is indeed Mid, no question. Haywood with a $2 super chat, zero point to the title unification if the brand split stays. They mentioned title versus title, and they mentioned winner take all. Nothing made about unification or brand split ending, which I don't know why the match is even happening. What's the point? What's the point of winner take all if you're not going to merge the titles and end the brand split? I don't get it. I'm kind of getting tired of all of this being done for Roman and not benefiting anything or anyone else. I really am. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Miz and Paul versus the Mysterios at WrestleMania. I feel bad for the Mysterios getting handed crap at WrestleMania. And poor Dominic having to sell a Logan Paul wrestling move. I know. I don't know who is going to be interested in Logan Paul wrestling. But WWE are using his celebrity and trying to get his fan base interested in what they're doing. And it's not going to work. Copycat81 with a $5 super chat. Raw sucks. I have to go to my new job tomorrow, so I'm tuning in early. JD for life. Thank you, Copycat. And good luck with that new job. I wish you nothing but the best. Tony Brown. Okay, J.D., I slept through Raw. Did I miss any booty meat? With a 9-9-9 Super Chat. Uh, Tony Brown, all you missed was Bianca. That was pretty much it. JP5150 becomes a member for 18 months. Thank you for the recommitment to the venue. Thank you, brother. Give me three hours of edge doing a promo. Literally the only thing that was worth watching Raw, I feel like... A Linderman's Creek at the OTS venue. Gotta love that Sherry Creek, bro. Oh, nothing like a good Sherry Creek, man. 
Spirit of the Wolf, six months. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the recommitment. Jonathan Gastello, 12 months. Thank you for the recommitment, gentlemen. Celebrating not only my 26th birthday today, but but one year in the OTS venue. Jesse, give me some wings, a Coke, and some of your tacos with sour cream, he says. Jonathan, happy birthday, brother. Everybody wish Jonathan a happy 26th birthday with some birthday cake emojis in the chat. Thank you for the recommitment, guys. Appreciate you. Dev to Dust with a $5 super chat. Which match would be worse? Braun Strowman versus Great Khali, 60-minute Ironman match? Or Jinder Mahal versus Baron Corbin versus Omas, Punjabi prison match? A Braun Strowman, Great Khali, 60-minute Ironman match. I don't even know if that's even physically possible, bro. I don't even think Khali would last six minutes. Never mind 60. I'd have to go with Kali, man. Nobody wants to see him in a 60-minute fucking match. The Little Kev with a 199 Super Chat. Did you see what Kenny Omega said about Cody? Yes. He doesn't think it's about the money. I said that from day one. Cody leaving has nothing to do with money. Cody leaving is everything to do with ego. The Gary Sphere with a $5 Super Chat. Logan Paul. Holy shit. Will we ever make a full recovery from these wild twists and turns? At this point, I don't think they are getting Cody. Yeah, I think Cody's still coming in. If he doesn't, I won't be surprised. But he's not signed. He could still very well end up with AEW. Matt Carney with a 5 in UK. Thank you, brother. JD, in your opinion, is Raw good? Bad, good, or bad, good, bad. I don't know. What the fuck does this mean? In your opinion, is Raw good? Bad, good, bad, or good, bad at the moment? Raw is bad, bro. If you want something, I will say this. Raw is better than SmackDown. Raw is better than SmackDown. SmackDown is WWE's worst show. NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. For some reason, NXT is still their best show. And that itself is a fucking embarrassment in its own right. Christian with a 999 Super Chat and a 9999 Super Chat. Christian coming in big again. WWE would always be so boring. I want Roman to beat Brock at WrestleMania. Christian. Roman will be defeating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Thank you, brother. It's a lot of money, man. You're killing it. Gregory Benson with a 999 Super Chat. JD, please tell your listeners exactly what you've been for the last five years. Otherwise, a title versus title winner take all match doesn't mean anything. Merge the rosters. Yes. I am tired. Of everything being about Roman. Roman uh, Roman has become the best act in pro wrestling. He's the biggest name in pro wrestling. But the fact that they're doing title of his title and they're not ending the brand split, it just doesn't make sense to me. 
Michael with a 499 Super Chat. Becky versus Charlotte versus Bailey versus Sasha should have main evented night one at Mania. Unify both women's and men's championship this year. What do I think? That horsewoman rumor was never even discussed. It was a falsified rumor by some fucking idiot who works for uh, Inside the Ropes or, I don't know, one of those fucking Wrestle UK fucking publications, man. Bunch of fucking idiots, man. The rumor was never legit. Ringside News and Steve from Ringside News blew that up. It was never even discussed. It wouldn't even make sense. Why would they do that match? Look at how much ego is in that match. You're going to do that match? That ship is sailed. You'll never get that match as long as those women are on the same roster. Deb to dust. Robert De Niro or Al Pacino? Al Pacino all the way. The professional gamer with the $2 super chat. WWE twist and turns comes Logan Paul. Wow. You want the twist and turns? You got it. Jamal Lopez becomes a new member. Thank you, Jamal. What are you drinking, brother? Or Jamel. It's Jamel. I'm sorry. Jamal. No. Jamel Lopez. Thank you, brother. What are you drinking, man? Your first two rounds are on me because I fucked up your name. OJ with a $10 super chat. I don't understand some fans, man. People like us give genuine concrete criticism to WWE and they get mad and are okay with mediocrity. They don't understand how good we could have it. You the man. Thank you, OJ. Appreciate you, brother. You know what it is, OJ? It's the fact that people are not as intelligent as I am. I raise genuine concern and question. I bring valid points to the discussion. Nobody wants to hear valid points anymore. Oh, why, why does he have a platform? Oh, why, why does he have a big YouTube channel? Oh, why, why do people give him super chats? Oh, I'm sorry. If you guys were just as good as me, then you'd be doing the same fucking thing, but you're not. Nobody gives a shit about your opinion. There's a lot of people out there that give a shit about mine. And it doesn't come easy. I work my ass off for it. Kim G with a $10 super chat. Revolution already looks stocked. Can't wait. Revolution looks fucking a thousand times better than WrestleMania does. Also, what's with these nerds giving Adam Cole so much criticism? I honestly don't understand. Cole is a star. Bro. Adam Cole is one of the best professional wrestlers in the fucking business, and he gets to sleep next to Britt Baker every night, bro. Let them cry. He's in the main event of Revolution, man. Wow, that's... Sounds like a buried Adam Cole to me, doesn't it? Revolution looks more like WrestleMania than WrestleMania looks like WrestleMania. Triple M with a 199 Super Chat. Ready to grind legendary Witch Queen right at launch, baby. Oh, you you know it, brother. You know it, man. I'm taking my Gallahorn and I'm going in, bro. What are we using this year? Submachine guns and auto rifles are back at the forefront, man. I don't know. Hard light. Monte Carlo, maybe. 
I see me using Outbreak Perfected a lot. Risk Runner, Huckleberry. Gotta have my Fate Bringer always, man. My Fate Bringer is my trusty go to all the time. Yes, I'm excited for uh, Witch Queen. Hopefully, we get we can get right in, man. It's going to be a fucking chaotic afternoon trying to get on. Uh, MJ Will with a final super chat. I was there in the arena. Bel Air got biggest pop. We booed the fuck out of Priest. Edge got second biggest. And then Seth with the biggest. Shout out to Seth Rollins, man. I'm loving what he's doing right now. I really am. He's just feeling it. You, you, just, you just feel it. He's got his theme music got him. Listen, his theme music got him over. Big time. Christian with a $200 super chat. Oh my goodness. Why is The Miz facing Edge at WrestleMania? Christian, my my brother, uh, Miz is not facing Edge at WrestleMania. Miz is facing Mysterio with Dominic and Logan Paul at WrestleMania. You're thinking about Royal Rumble, bro. The cake with a $2 super chat. Vince and Bruce must think Reggie is a total simp. It's exactly what they're booking him as. Jairo Gonzalez with 50 in Mexican pesos. Legitimately, besides Braun Breaker, name another big prospect for WWE. NXT UK is some kind of forgotten brand. Braun Breaker's the closest thing to uh, a main event guy that's been built up, bro, and he's not even ready yet. He's not ready yet at all. Lauren Hunt with a 99-cent super chat. Thank you, Lauren. Cam G with a $5 super chat. These wrestling fans are hilarious. They really want to see Liv Morgan versus Becky Lynch 3. Why? LOL. Because they're simple-minded fucking low-IQ geeks, Cam G. The empty can of fucking seltzer on my desk has more intelligence than some of these wrestling fans. Hologram with a 16-month membership. Oh, my goodness. And another one closer to the Golden Mike. Congrats on awakening 131,000 and exposing the scam of pro wrestling that is known as WWE. Cheers. OTS. Thank you, brother. Enjoy that cold beverage. Lauren Hunton with a $10 super chat. RK, bro, lose again. Riddle needs a character change. And Orton a shaved face. Possible heel turn. Watch Owens Rollins win the tag team titles. Edge Styles, please. Bianca Sasha will never be duplicated. Riddle needs a character change. No, he doesn't. Riddle is the closest thing to a new star being built up in WWE in many years. I just wish that they would go all the way with him, which I don't think they will. Orton, a shaved face. Possible heel turn. He he, he is turning heel, yes. Owens and Rollins, I do think, will win the tag team titles. Edge and Styles, yes. Bianca and Sasha. Becky's got a rude awakening coming to her if she thinks she's going to be able to duplicate Sasha Banks at WrestleMania this year. Not going to happen. The cake with a five-all super chat. I'm not interested in the road to WrestleMania. The only match I wanted was Sasha Charlotte, with Sasha winning six years after WrestleMania 32 at AT&T Stadium. But 
Vinnyisms. It would have been nice, huh? WWE's not about any of that. Lauren Hutton with two $2 Super Chats. Cena Edge, possibly. I'd like to see it. I even predicted it last year. John Cena stepping up to face Edge, I would absolutely take it. Lauren Hutton. More like celebrity mania. Yes. BC Stallion with a 499 Super Chat. Just take the belts off Otis and Gable and do RK Bro versus Rollins and Owens for the tag team titles. Would you be shocked if WWE asked HBK to return being manias in Texas? If they wanted HBK to return, it would have already been reported and the plans would have been in motion already. And no, I don't want to see HBK return to a wrestling ring. Versified with a 499 Super Chat. I lost my cat today. Thanks for the commentary tonight to cheer me up. Pour one out for, for Peachy, named after the Mario Princess. Versified, my thoughts and prayers to you. I know how that feels. I would never wish that on anybody, bro. I want everybody to throw up the prayer emojis in the chat for Versified. And let's pour one out. For Peachy tonight. Cheers, brother. Sorry for your loss, man. Robert Grimsley with a $5 super chat. Who had the better dream match? Tris versus Charlotte or Lita versus Becky? Which told the better story and executed the match better? Lita versus Becky. I thought Tris versus Charlotte was incredibly overrated. Omega Kong with a two-month membership. Thank you, brother. Salute to everybody in the OTS family. JD, hope all is well. Blue Moon with Orange, please. Studying for my life insurance license exam this Friday. Omega Kong, good luck with that, brother. And all is well, man. I'm getting some sleep tonight. Destiny 2, which queen is going to own my soul all week? Prince Noctis, 18 with a 199 Super Chat. Raw sucked. No AJ Styles. Christian with a 99.99 Super Chat. Who's going to win next year's Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? Christian. I wish I had a, a crystal ball, bro. I'd be, I'd be able to tell you and answer your question. Maybe with all these Super Chats that you send. Maybe I should go buy a fucking crystal ball, man. In current WWE, bro, it's very difficult to predict anything that's happening next week. Never mind a year out. And Brock is never going to beat Roman Reigns. I agree with you. Roman Reigns is winning that match at WrestleMania. Riddick's Classic Arcade, 17 months recommitment. Thank you so much, brother. The channel really blew up since I first started following you years ago. Awesome stuff, man. Only wrestling podcast worth listening to, folks. Thank you, Reddick. I appreciate you, man. Christian199 Super Chat. When would Dominic turn on Ray? I don't know. Is that going to happen? Dominic's going to turn on Ray? I would like to see Ray turn on Dominic. VC Stallion with a 499 Super Chat. Edge and Brock being so good on the microphone. 
show how weak the WWE roster is on the mic. Both companies, more mic workers that are solid. We need more MJFs. Yes, we do. Brock is actually very good at what he does, man. And I'm enjoying Brock now because this is actually Brock Lesnar. I can imagine that this is Brock in real life. OJ with a $5 super chat. My college history teacher once said, evidence, fact, and expertise means nothing to the majority anymore. Oh, how right he was. WWE saddens me. Your professor is uh, a smart man, OJ. I bring evidence, I bring fact, and I bring very good expertise to what I do. And it means nothing to the majority of the people because they all want somebody to spoon feed them what they want to hear. And if what they hear is not in with what they think, then they don't want to listen or they don't care. That's why people listen to Fightful. They fucking spoon feed you bullshit. That's why people listen to Wrestle Talk. They spoon feed you bullshit. Nobody's honest anymore. If you're honest, you're a villain. If you're honest, you get shit and hate. All I ever want is a good show. All I want is a better show. And I get vilified for it. Hoyt Reynolda with a 499 Super Chat. What if we get Red Dragon and Adam Cole as champs in AEW? People would still say he is buried. I don't know what we're getting. I don't know if Adam Cole's going to win the world championship. I don't know if Red Dragon's going to win the tag team championships. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's going to be a very interesting last couple of weeks before Revolution. Guys, we're about to get out of here, man. That's, that's pretty much all I got tonight. I gave you everything I had, man. I'm fucking exhausted. I need some sleep. I was in Philadelphia this weekend, drinking at one of my favorite breweries. Had dinner at Budokan. I love Budokan, man. You guys ever been to Budokan? The edamame ravioli? Oh. Oh. Whoever created edamame ravioli is a fucking genius. Honestly. A genius. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. Uh, I got to get some sleep. Big, big Destiny 2 day tomorrow for us Destiny Guardians. Witch Queen, can't wait. Hit that thumbs up, guys. There's still 2,200 plus in the venue. I see 1,148 likes. If you guys are in the chat and not, not hit the thumbs up, go hit that thumbs up, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Go check out Blue Chew. Go check out my sponsor, Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. Bonfire is the place for all your merchandise. Go get Bonfire. T-shirts available exclusively on Bonfire. Bonfire Bonfire.com. And follow me on Twitter and Instagram. At JD from NY206. 
Thank you to the new members and the recommitments to the VIP section, man. I appreciate you guys very much. Thank you to all the Super Chats, Christian, and everybody else that sent in big, big donations tonight. I appreciate you guys very much, man. You guys make the stream every single night. Thank you guys very, very much. And the next time you'll see me live is on Wednesday with Jesse. AEW Dynamite. Jesse and I will be covering Dynamite on Wednesday nights, as always, guys. I will not be live for NXT, but... I need two things before I get out of here, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. My VIPs, those Mustang emojis, if you got them. And when that guitar solo comes on, I need that music on max. I'll see you guys on Wednesday for Dynamite with Jesse in the venue. Have a good night. And I'll see you guys live on Wednesday for AEW. See you guys later.